You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. What season are you in? Are you called to plow, plant, water? Today, join us for a conversation on different seasons and how God can use us differently no matter where we are at the moment. Everybody has topics that are very fiery about. Not me. I'm pretty mediocre on everything. Baloney Where I'm like for le- both of level. you. I could fire you both up right now. Try you know? it. Try Don't. to fire me up. Try and fire you up? Yeah. Okay. Um, what is the difference between what you do in children's ministry and what I do? What? I don't understand the question. Like, why... Why would you consider what you do in children's ministry more effective than somebody that just leans completely on the leading of the Holy Spirit without prior planning? Oh, so you're talking about planning? Yeah, versus... you get fired up real yes, quick because I'm that. a planner. I don't like winging it. I'm not Jesus a winger. Jesus was a planner. You know how I know that? How? Thank you. <laughs> because... Waited on bated breath. Yep. Because he he had a plan the whole time, and he said, like like the essence of Jesus, he was part of a larger plan. He yeah. knew that, yeah. And he said, "No, nope, don't like, say anything yet, because the cost. because the time isn't right yet." Yeah. And like he had a plan the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, "Count the cost before you start a project." Yeah. Yep. See, with plant, so I sometimes struggle with the free birds. And you're right. This does get me fired up. So you are accurate. Like job well played. Okay. Yeah. We all got I have her. to do is is say it. Do it. I want to hire somebody for the music ministry, <laughs> but I want you to be submissive to them. Like you want to pay them money to do it. Sure. God have mercy on their soul. <laughs> <laughs> we all have we all have sensitive topics, and it's not what's Carlos. It's not a bad thing. Um, with Carlos, everybody has a passionate oh, thing. Here's a good one. Carlos, what part of Mexico are you from? <laughs> that gets him real fired up. Real fired up. Real fired up. I had to make a post on Facebook saying, thank you to everybody wishing me, uh, Happy, Cinco de Mayo. happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy Cinco They're like, de oh, it's Cinco de Mayo. Happy birthday, Carlos. The nice thing about knowing that you have something there, there's there's a reason for it. One, you have um a burden in that area. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't have an opinion if you weren't burdened in that area. Burdens are good. You won't ever change anything or love a demographic unless you're burdened for them. So if you have a heart for children and a heart from doing, for doing it right, then you'll apply yourself and you'll feel inadequate if you don't have the right tools for the right job. Like that's the worst for me working on a vehicle or anything is trying to you know, pound something on with a wrench instead of a hammer. Like you have to have the right tool for the right job to be successful. And we serve a God of provision, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason we shouldn't have provision. 
And he's already given it to you. He's already put it in you. He's already given you the ability to plan and, and to study his word and and give the word that he's put in you out to others. So there's nothing wrong with that. But everybody's got something, you know, especially if it's like your wheelhouse, right? Mm-hmm. And you feel called and anointed there. Mm-hmm. And you feel at home there. And now somebody comes in there with their dirty shoes and they walk all over your clean floors. Yeah. You know, and then they they leave and there's a residual left behind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when somebody comes in to worship and they're, um, you know, they're a blessing and they're, they're coming to do like a special or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they come into your wheelhouse and they they perform and it's anointed. So it's a little bit of both. And then they leave and somebody comes up and is like, man, I wish we could have that all the time. Yeah. If you had that all the time, you would you would develop a tolerance and it wouldn't mean as much. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to a pastor friend of mine about that. And I said, it's amazing for people like, like him to go do speaking, speaking engagements. I was like, you yeah, I was like, you need to go do some of those. And when there's a demand on the anointing that God's put on your life, then the flock at home, Will will they'll have a, a greater appreciation for you because they'll see that others are seeking it, mm-hmm. right? So then, when you come back home, they can receive from you better. Mm-hmm. So everybody has areas. I have tons. Yeah, you do. But triggers. Well, I yeah, I just like to see. I see. I like to see people do well. And I don't like to see people misled. Mm-hmm. I don't like to see. Um, it's also hard for you to watch people that know hit the same walls. Yeah, that should know better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or when you when you know God can do something, and you have to sit through the frustration of it not being done without. Mm. Hold on, you know how your misery becomes your ministry, right? You like one of your um, fired up things is when people know better, but they still hit the same wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many years of your misery was like that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then you come out of it and now you know. Well, and you, you like I'm sympathetic to people mm-hmm. in a sense, like or empathetic, whichever. I don't know. But I'll see people and it's like I know what they can have. And I know that there's better for them. And I can even pray and stand in faith with them. And they're they're not getting it. Not getting the answer to prayer. Mm-hmm. They're not getting the healing. And I have to keep myself from questioning God. Because I know that there's, there's something. Whether it be um, they're going to steward the blessing wrong. Or they're not prepared in their heart yet to receive it. Um, it could be, you know, as simple as it's, it's part of their journey to understanding faith. Like for me, a big thing recently was realizing that I didn't need more faith. Hmm. Like I, I don't need big faith. I don't need big new more faith. I Mm -hmm. don't need better faith theology. You need to exercise the faith you got. Yeah. Because the faith that I have, the size of the grain of mustard seed, is more than enough. Mm-hmm. 
faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Right? So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. So I have to hear the word and that brings faith. So that posture of not only reading my Bible every day and meditating on what I've read, but then replaying it constantly and having life application of it. Mm. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah. So hearing by the word of God, that means he's going to speak to you by his word and through his word. Yeah. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And all of a sudden when we start to really focus, he starts to speak. And then that's when you have those little revelation light bulb moments where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't need deliverance from pornography right now. There, There's no, there's not like a demon in me doing this. Mm-hmm. It was a seed planted by the enemy clear back in my youth that brings forth the lust of the flesh and what I need is discipline. Yeah. What I need is to conquer the flesh because if he just comes and sucks that out of me. Yeah. I'm I'm going to walk around in shame and never tell anybody I was delivered from pornography because there was no process. God just took it. Yeah. And it's shameful to talk about the dirty little secrets anyway because you're a called person of God. You shouldn't have secrets. Yeah. But if I have to go through something where I have to die to the flesh daily. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to a pastor friend of mine who who's like retiring from a position and we were talking about faith and stuff, and and actually his wife uh, was telling me that for like forty years he's been fasting one day a week. Wow! And the reason why he started doing that is because he had this awful addiction to pornography, mm. and it was like, you know, you're a pastor, and and you're you're an evangelist, and you have this this hidden disgusting thing that that's the thing is most people that have an issue like that they're not proud of it you know what i mean like to them they feel filthy afterwards so he was seeking god to remove this from his life and what god did is told him even if i take it you're not going to be free from it until you learn to conquer the flesh Mm -hmm. so he he got instructed by the lord to fast one day a week, every week. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> so by overcoming the flesh one day a week, now he's at a place where he uses that same one day a week because he's he's free from the other stuff like 30 years ago. Yeah. He's free from that. So now he still has that day a week set aside where he fast. So he contacts people like his children and people around him in his church, and he says, as God lays them on his heart, he calls them up and says, I'm fasting today and I'm praying. What can I fast or pray about for you today? Mm. And now he's he's being used as a disciplined instrument of God yeah. to to reach others through what started as a way of of deliverance for him to have freedom from sexual vice. Yeah. That's over 2000 days of fasting. Isn't that amazing? That's so cool. That's that's pretty rad. Yeah. I love that. And like, 
we we all have things that we're like, oh, that's that's an attack of the enemy, and it's it's not. A lot of it's just discipline. Well, yeah. Sometimes the seed was planted, and then it, it's a it's a it's a plant that produces much fruit with very minimal sunlight and water. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, there's low maintenance. Yeah. And that's what the enemy likes to use the most. If he can plant something that's low maintenance so he can go do something else. Yeah. Because he's not a multitasker, you know? So it's like, boom, the seed is planted, a little bit of watering here and there, uh, put people into your community that are going to speak into it. And now all of a sudden you have this weird thing growing that starts producing fruit and it always comes when you're ill-equipped for it. It's not happening when you're, you know, feeling super holy or when your things are going good. It's when you when you need something, when you're hungry, yeah. right? Spiritual hunger is there. And then instead of eating of spiritual fruit that's good or getting in the word, we we try to quench those cravings with the lust of the flesh, whether yeah. it be buying something we don't need. Um, you know, addiction, whether and that could be as bad as like or as simple as as like I've met people that were, like, addicted to chewing gum. But we all think um, addiction has to look like hard drugs or alcohol or or pornography or something like that. Sometimes People get addicted to complacency. Complacency, comfort. comfort. Yeah, <laughs> that's my, my big one that God's <laughs> been hitting on me. That's why discipline is so big. Mm-hmm. It really is. And you, well, it's beginning to be summer. So you keep mentioning seeds. And whenever I think about seeds, I think about, you know, gardens things growing. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned a bad seed, right? Where you water it a little bit, you cultivate it. So that's basically like a weed grown up in your garden. Yeah. How many times have we sometimes went into our garden and thought a weed was pretty? Yeah. There's been some weeds that they're like, oh, that's so cool. What is that? And then a person who knows better is like, that's a weed. Like you don't want those. (laughs) Get those out. Yeah. You guys did it with the, um, those little purple flowers in yeah. the house. That, like, is it? Yeah, they called it. The Charlie? Yeah, yeah, they called Creepin it Creeping Charlie, Charlie or, or whatever. whatever. But it, there's a there's a scientific name for it. Yeah. But that. Well, even dandelions. A Latin name. They're a weed. Yeah. You know. And they're edible and they have but like they're, they're I don't know who classified them as a weed. But you can like like dandelion oil and. Yeah. There's a lot of actual, I think people like, classify things as weeds if they grow easy. You think so? Or it, they're invasive. Ooh, that works well, though, also like, for comparing that to the spiritual things that we're talking yeah. about. Because the spiritual little seeds of sin always grow way easier. Yeah. like It's like, it's like a, a plethora of zucchini. Yeah. No kidding. You, know, you can't give it away. It's just producing massive fruit. And yeah. It's like every day you go out there and there's 10 more to pick. So last week we were talking a little bit about like evangelism and sowing seeds and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think you were talking to me a little bit about the plowman, like how some of us have to go through and till up the hard ground, and they're the plowman, and others have to go through and then plant the seeds, because it's already been kind of plowed, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you explain it way better than I do, and then others have to water, right? And then others see the harvest. Some of you are just there to pick rock after the soil's overturned. Yeah. Because you have to get the hard things out of the way that have been buried for a long time. Yeah. If you had to compare it, like if you had to take plowmen, 
rock picker, <laughs> like waterer, sewed seer. Well, everybody sewed seer. Anybody everybody, everybody really would want to be the everybody would want to be the harvester. I just said sewed seer. I know in your home, and I got nothing. Nothing. I know. I and heard it, it after the fact. <laughs> what yeah. I was what I was getting at though is I. The waterer, okay? The one that comes along and waters. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, their job may not be as difficult as the one that was the plowman, right? The one that possibly received a bad experience because it was a very new thing. They needed to get up there and till some ground versus the waterer who already had maybe five, ten people talk to him about Jesus and they are starting to let their guard down, okay? Well, something needs water. If everybody wants to be the waterer, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Then what happens is nobody, the re, okay, my brain really went with this. The reason that the ground needs to be all tilled up is because there's roots in there. Mm-hmm. And you have to like start getting those things out so that you can make your soil fresh again and then you can put stuff in. Mm-hmm. Right. So. If you only have people that just want to be the waterers that only have the good experiences and never have any of the the seed planters or the seed planters. I just recently had a plant and God just really brought this into perspective in the physical realm for me here. I recently had a plant that got root rot because I was watering it too much. And he was taking last week's podcast or this week's podcast and showing me that if you want to be the one that only receives the good evangelism experiences, what's going to end up happening is that if people only get watered and nothing actually gets plowed from the beginning, you're possibly putting in that water and things are growing, but what roots are growing up from them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that first step is so important. Yeah. And when I was going through all this, I'm not even kidding you, this was part of my... Scripture reading. I just about cried. Because the plowmen, they sometimes are the ones that are like, man, like this is hard. Like I have constant people that, you know, are saying, get out of here, get out of my face. It can sometimes be harder for them, but they're important. And God knows they're important. And in the challenge, is it fair to say, each position has unique challenges yeah. that yeah. the other position doesn't have. And so it's it's difficult in a specific way that that person maybe hasn't dealt with yeah, yet. Because yeah, because if you're sent in to prune, so I know a guy who owns an apple orchard in like the last snowfall in March, right? Mm-hmm. He had to go up there for pruning because they know if they don't nip off the immature buds or whatever... It, it won't force the nutrients mm-hmm. to produce bigger fruit. Right. Yeah. You know, so th- you're coming in and you're nipping things off. Grandpa King always said that about strawberry plants. Yeah. Yeah. You you had to rip off the, the smaller flowers or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you if you come into somebody's situation and you're that guy, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Or, or even watering, right? The, there's a seed there and you come into water. And they're thirsty, but they don't know it. Or maybe they've had plenty of water, and now they need some sunlight. They mm-hmm. they need you to come in and just say kind words, but you're gung-ho. 
you know, that's when you're met with those responses like, oh, you're cramming the word down my mm-hmm. throat and like weird responses like that. Mm-hmm. So when the whole plowman and all these different things were coming to me after the podcast ended last week, it said in Amos 9, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper. Mm. That like made my spirit just like, yeah, fling alive. You know what that means, too. There will be a greater laborer in the field than the ones that just get to pick the fruit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because everybody wants to pick the fruit. Yes. It's like, ooh, the yeah. harvest is here. Let's lead them through. And, yeah. And let's, but the crazy thing when I think about this stuff, you know, I get a picture when they were, when they were writing uh, scripture about, you know, sow and reap. Mm-hmm. They had a blade. It was a, a very, you know, primitive tool. It was a blade attached to some sort of handled wood that went in and it was curved to overturn. It would roll the ground over, right? And then you'd have to hook that through uh, chains or leather. You'd have to hook that to the animal, which was yoked, right? Mm -hmm. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. The yoke that went around the animal's necks. Right. And now all of a sudden you, you know, you take your little reins and you snap the animal and you tell them, yeah, or whatever. And they, <laughs> yeah. 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 And they start to go. And now you hit, you hit like a big tree root, right? Because yeah. you're, you're plowing a new pasture you'd never worked in before. You hit a tree root or a stone, a boulder that's been underground, not unearthed for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. That blade is going to hit that and stop. And, and the animal's going to keep trying to go, which is going to thrust you on them handlebars towards its rear end. Mm. Like you're both going to have an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. And somebody's you're about probably to meet the gonna, business end of that horse. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> or that oxen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to throw something. Yeah. So when I think about these things, I think about that. Even with the harvest, you know, we, we think about like, oh, it's, it's going to be so awesome to be there when somebody gives their life to the Lord. But what happens when you harvest? You Mm -hmm. have to deal with the harvest the right way, which means you have to have a way to store it so it doesn't rot. You have to get it out to the other people that need it. You know, you're bringing in this harvest and and the fruit is good and it's ready. So what do you do with that fruit? Now you, you, you take corn and certain corn you put away to have seed for the next harvest, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to know and discern where you're going to apply what what's going on after that harvest. If we're all just like putting notches and lines on the wall, like, oh, five down, let's get some more. Yeah. But we're never discipling them into har- har- harvesters or laborers themselves, mm-hmm. then it's really a, it's a, a farm that's not going to go far. Right. So a couple of points. One is, um, so earlier when we were talking about topics that get each other fired up mm-hmm. and you said, bring somebody in and, and then submit to them. Like immediately I thought, well, first of all, I can submit cause yeah. I have, yeah, and I've worked under other people in a, in a music ministry, but the reason it would be uncomfortable is because I know I'm not called to that mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And so it would be 
I don't know if you guys remember the, the, the way I described it before, like when you're trying to get a drawer in and like the metal track is grinding, mm-hmm. it's like the grinding is more uncomfortable than just being completely out of place altogether. Yeah. Where you're like slightly outside of your calling. Right. And so I feel like for me in, in where I'm at right now, it would be like that. The interesting thing though, about these different stages, if you will. Yeah. Is that, depending on which one you're in, you have a perspective that is only what you're being tasked with at the moment, mm-hmm. unless you've already been in a different role, right? Because then you have an appreciation for how tough it is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people become tunnel visioned and they're like, God, why'd you put me here? Because this sucks. Yeah. Like, I see I've been every time. Yeah. I know. And we say it all the time. And yeah. we're like, this is, it's too hard. Yep. You know, because when you're the one that is tasked with planting, yep. you're bending over and putting a seed. You walk a little bit forward, you bend over, put another seed. Yeah. But you're not seeing any fruit yet. And you don't but, get to see any, yeah. any fruit. Yeah. And it feels like the line you're going down is endless, yeah. right? And then you think, you look over and you're like watching the person water and you're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Must like, be nice. And like they're watering ju- and all of a sudden $100 bills are growing out of their pockets. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> birds are flying over and dropping <laughs> diamonds on their heads. Yeah. And like somebody just rolls up and goes, oh, you guys look like you're so good right now. But God told me to give you this new car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean? Like you have this perspective, uh, you know, everybody is going to look like at their situation very egocentrically, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to look at, well, how is this affecting me and my family and my marriage and my situation Mm -hmm. right now? And you, everybody looks from side to side and they're like, oh, must be nice to plow. You're sitting, Mm -hmm. you're sitting and And you get to just sit and lead the horse or the oxen where it needs to go. But you're not actually doing the hard work yourself, right? Mm. Because that's all you can see. Yeah. And you look at the person watering and you're like, oh, that really, that must be nice. But you don't see them hauling the water and carrying it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't get, you don't see all of the behind the scenes labor And so Carlos and I talk about this a lot because we have very different jobs and you two probably do too. Yep. Where he's like, yeah, your job is different though because mine is physically demanding Yep. and yours is mentally demanding. Yep. And at the, I say to him at the end of the day, you can be equally as exhausted Yep. because your brain working super hard is just as taxing sometimes. And when you work like an office job, it's also taxing on your body to have to sit in the same spot all day long right it's different it it's taxing in a different way but it's still taxing yeah and i feel like far too often we convince ourselves that we're the only people under any sort of persecution Mm -hmm. and we're the only people that are up against hardship and it takes away the compassion that we have for other believers Mm. and other ministries yeah when when I had to do children's ministry, I was like, "Oh God, why? Why would you?" I'm For not Mother's the right Day? guy. No, like when oh, I like in, when I used to be in it. Yeah. So and then I was like, "Joe, it's it was one Sunday. Calm down." <laughs> and then I got thrown into, I got thrown into youth, 
Yeah, dude, youth was, ministry is was trial like, by yeah. fire. Like, bro. shout out any youth group leaders. It's pray for them. Pray Brian, for the youth leaders. Yes, I wasn't. Truly. I wasn't at a place yet in Christ where I didn't react like mostly in the flesh. You know, but like I've went through that, and then I've been music ministry with you yep. and with mom, mm-hmm. and I've just kind of God's moved me through a whole bunch of places and. Now I know it's because there is a rebellion in the bloodline mm-hmm. that rebels against submission. But it's the same, it's the same um, ability that God uses to have that unwavering faith, right? So it's a fine line. So on this side of the line, if I'm in Christ with that rebellious nature— Mm-hmm. You know, like I know the Bible says rebellion is the same as like the sin of witchcraft. On that's not what I'm talking about. I'm right. talking about like the the inability unchecked rebellion. Yeah, and I'm yeah. talking about the inability to just just like give up or or submit and go with the flow. Right. I believe the same thing about a spirit of like hypercritical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, really, you're called to a ministry of excellence. So in, you know when when. When this when this is used right, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm able to submit under leadership that I may or may not completely understand exactly how God's speaking to them, I can see enough fruit to know it's good, mm-hmm. but it still goes against what I think I I think it should look like, mm-hmm. right? So now I have to learn to submit there because God's doing something, right? It's the Elijah-Elisha thing. He had to just follow him because he didn't know that Elijah didn't have a double portion to give him. All he knew is he had to be there when Elijah left right, in order to receive it. So it's like all of a sudden I'm in these places. Now I'm understanding like, oh, people are always like, well, what do you think about this? Or what do you, where are you going to be in 10 years? And I'm like, I really can't tell you because every time I think I know, God puts me in some weird spot where I have to learn how to submit. Mm-hmm. But when I come out of it, my constitution is greater. And then I'm, I'm able to navigate things that most people wouldn't want to go into. Like I was in a witch's house again like a week ago. A lot of people don't love the idea of going there. This is somebody that makes a very lucrative living doing what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to pray over the house and, and, and stand in faith, understanding the authority of God in me, and have conversations with this person. And I didn't end up having an opportunity to lead them to the Lord. It was, it was kind of a, both went our own ways. Mm-hmm. But going through all these little things, like all of a sudden you find yourself using tools that you picked up along the way. Yeah. When you're dealing with somebody that's in spiritual outer darkness and they've come into covenant with that, you start to see the same rebellious nature that you have with a five-year-old in children's church that has learned behavioral uh, tactics from their parents of manipulation. And now all of a sudden you're like, wow, like this is similar to dealing with like a little kid that wants a donut. And they know that there was donuts before church, and they know that they're behind the counter, but you know they can't have it because you're not going to spoil lunch for mom and dad sugaring up this kid, right? Mm -hmm. 
but you you learn how to take little things from each like did I like being in those situations? <laughs> no. Did I think I felt God all the time in them? No. Did I feel <laughs> anointed all the time? Nope. But where I'm at right now, it's give me a, uh, like a universal ability to deal with multiple types of personalities. Yeah. And then it's it's helped me hone in with discernment because now it's like, oh, yeah, um, I dealt with the spirit of divination here, and this is how it how it manufactured what it was trying to do to get its way. And now I'm seeing this same resemblance in how this person's talking to me. You know what I mean? In deliverance, people are like, well, how do you know it's a, if it's a spirit of this or a spirit of this? Well, if you've been in deliverance for a while and you started to see um, certain things and how they move and act and, and react, then you start to understand like, oh, this is that thing we dealt with. It took five hours to, to get breakthrough there because we didn't know what we were dealing with. Now all of a sudden we pray this time and it takes two minutes. Right. Because now all of a sudden we understand, and it's not that we have a recipe now, but it's we have, we have consistency of God showing up. Mm-hmm. And we know what it looks like, and we know what he's capable of. So it's, it's, it's taking that stand and planting your feet and, and then relying on the Holy Spirit and what God's going to do. And then you start to, you start to see results greater and faster because now you understand that God always shows up, even if it's a, even, even if it's a parted Red Sea moment where you're walking through the middle and you're just looking at waves on both sides and you're mm-hmm. thinking about the, the army coming behind you, you know that he's been consistent. Mm-hmm. And he, even though he threw you to the sharks, the five-year-olds, the eight-year-olds, the nine-year-olds, and then he put you in the situation where you're being circled with blood in the water by the teenagers in the church. <laughs> like he plucked you out, you know, he threw you a life preserver and then airlifted you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'll always show up and yeah. kids are not that bad. I'm yeah. being, I'm being silly, but you know, well in Galatians, it says in chapter six, it says, do not be deceived or deluded or misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at scorned to stand or mocked by mere pretensions or professions or by his precepts being set aside, he inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God for whatever a man sows that and that only is what he will reap for he sows to his own flesh, lower nature, sensuality will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. But he who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Hmm. This is the, this is the one that I, was looking up specifically let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right for in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap yes if we do not loosen if If. it goes on yeah if if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint yeah so it says we shall reap as long as we don't loosen and relax our courage and faint yeah Joe always, Joe always says this. So he says a lot of the times when people have like an urgent prayer request, mm-hmm. you'll have 20 people just going ramrodding and pray, 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 pray. And then all of a sudden, that person may still be going through a struggle, but it's not as right in your face apparent. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, all these prayers just fall off. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, they need prayer again. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's that. It's that. Or all of a sudden you see it like a little bit of healing and everybody's like, yes, it's done. And then they stop praying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sowing and reaping is huge. But especially the don't grow weary. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's hard. It says even for habits. I was I just did a re- I just did a thing on this. It's speaking that- of habits, Heidi's drinking out of a five gallon bucket with a straw right now, <laughs> getting it's her like water. It's like not in. even a real straw. It's like a she she has somebody like It looks like a um you pipe icing. It's a funnel. <laughs> Yeah. She's siphoning water out of a bucket. (laughs) God bless her and her hydration journey. I know that it says 21 days for a habit. We've all learned that since we were like in kindergarten, right? But this one that I was reading. Not at Stilson Elementary. We did not go stingers. (laughs) It said that the research said it actually takes two months. So eight weeks for something to become a habit. Mm. And I was thinking about this whole sow and reap thing. Because if you don't like what you're sowing... Or if you don't like what you're reaping, mm-hmm. then change what you're yeah. sowing. sowing. Yeah, different seed. Okay. Like a lot of people will have these moments in life, and I've been one of them, where they're like, I don't like this. I don't like this in my life. I don't like this in my life. I don't like this in my life. <clears throat> and then you'll have somebody like Christina come along and be like, well, what are you doing in order to change the things that you don't like? Yeah. And I'm like, well, absolutely nothing. Right. Right. Because you're still sowing the same thing and then you're expecting a different mm-hmm. outcome. That's the Or you don't think you're sowing. Right. And you, you you have to do some sort of inventory on your life to figure out where you're sowing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's not like money per se or it but it's like what are you sowing your time into? Cuz that's oh, what man. you're reaping. You oh know? yeah. I I was on I was on tiktok for like a month right uh-huh and all of a sudden god it's a good way to lose a lot of pretty time. much just I, I i don't want to say audibly but pretty much was like you can't like i can't do it because mm-hmm. i i'm not in a place where um i have the self-control not to have an opinion about something you know what i mean mm-hmm. so me neither all the stuff that was on there. It's called a feed because you feed on it for hours yeah. and hours and infinite scroll. So so if you find yourself where you feel like you don't have any time. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually was feeling depressed and angst right. and, and anger. And I'm like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden it was like, it all People are like that with the news. That. They saw oh, so much oh, yeah. time into Crazy. the news. Yeah, I had to get rid of like news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm very minimal yeah. from what I used to do. I had that. So mine has been more focused lately with discipline on on my little journey with food and, and exercise. But if, so this is the daily habit thing that I got going. If you let your, if you loosen the belt, like it was talking about, if you grow weary, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say that you're doing a, a, a new diet or a new exercise routine for a week, two weeks, three weeks, mm-hmm. and you're seeing zero results. A lot of the times people will throw in the towel because they don't have the, that, they don't have that immediate gratification. And yeah. we are addicted to that as a culture right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. If we don't see it immediately, it's not working. So if it says a habit takes eight weeks to actually see real results, a lot of the times people are throwing in the towel and giving up before the results are even coming. So I'm in this little experiment right now and I'm on like an eight week thing because I'm I'm testing what the Lord has also been showing me spiritually. Right. Mm -hmm. Because what he does 
spiritually also a lot of the times is parallel to what you're going through right now in the physical realm. Mm -hmm. They're very similar, like all the time. A lot of the times stuff that I'm doing at work will line up with things that I'm learning at church and like vice versa. Like it's been like this forever. So I guarantee Mm -hmm. it's like that for other people. The daily got to me because in a day, right? And this is why the Bible has a whole bunch of scriptures on about daily, how you have to partake daily, how you have to die daily. This stuff is huge because the dailies add up to the weeks that Mm -hmm. add up to the months. These are the seeds that you're sowing. The daily seeds are what you're sowing. And two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, eight weeks later is sometimes the fruit that you're going to see of the seed that you planted eight weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So I loosened my belt a little bit in the food department and I started to treat myself with a cookie mm-hmm. like at, after dinner, like a snack. Mm-hmm. But in my brain, I was like, I'm only having one cookie. One cookie is not that bad. Well, then the next day, and this is how your flesh works, I would go through my whole day and I would be awesome. And then it would be time for my one cookie. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then by the, t- the time the end of the week hits, you just ate seven cookies. Yeah. So you just <laughs> like that seven seeds that you just sowed. By the time a month hits, I just ate 30 cookies. Like, and then I wonder why I'm not seeing the fruit that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is huge because yeah. these daily things, these daily things that you sow, the seed that you sow daily is the stuff that's going to come weeks down the road that you can't you can't like see it far away. So you think it has no reflection on what you're doing today. But mm-hmm. today matters. Today matters because today is going to affect your tomorrow mm-hmm. and your tomorrow is going to affect the next day. And this just keeps going down the line. Mm hmm. When, when, when you look at like scripture and Jesus and Paul and different people, they did nothing for themselves. Everything they did was like for people, covenant, compassion. So if you want to see big results on anything, whether it be spiritual, physical, whatever, if I want to see healing, then I need to go out and apply myself where there's unbelievers because the sign and the wonder are for the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. They're also for you. I, I get John 15, that he, he will answer your prayer, that your joy might be full. I get that. But if I want to see things often happening, then I need to uh, commit myself to a demographic of people that need to have what I, what I want to see, right? So even with your like weight loss journey, um, people that commit themselves to coaching people that want a result— are going to have to live it every day. Yep. And they're going to be in a covenant relationship with the person they're training and the result that well, they Well, trainers want. aren't just hanging out with fit people all day right. long. They're hanging out with the people that need the training. Right. And you'd never go back to them if they they're looked like they with were... With the unfit doing, people. Doing, if they looked like they were losing ground. So it's like people want to see you know, different things in in their spiritual life. You know, mm-hmm. the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whatever the the fastest way to see God work in those areas is to one get in the word read everything you can about those gifts and then two look at what Jesus did you know when he said when he when he said he wanted something for himself in the garden of gethsemane he said father if if this cup could pass from my lips 
if there be any other way. And there was no other way. Mm -hmm. So he went and he endured the cross. So the only time you really see him ask for anything for himself is, is, is like that. But, but otherwise, he was always moved to do something for people. You know, even when he, even when he was in rebuke and, and upset in the temple and flipping tables, it, it wasn't because he was entitled to be angry. Right. It was because he couldn't see people being stolen from like that. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, they were selling stuff. They weren't just selling stuff. They were selling the very thing that you needed for your atonement from sin. Mm. So all of a sudden you're walking in there, and instead of bringing and doing the discipline of raising the best of your best and bringing in that sacrifice so you had a pure and holy sacrifice, they had nice-looking livestock-type stuff there that you could just do all your travel and not have to worry about dragging this sacrifice mm -hmm. with you. Just get there and buy one. Right. And it made him so upset that because that's stealing from you. Yeah, you're not because any your work reward, in. the greater the the work, the the yeah. greater the reward. You know. So now all of a sudden you raise this thing. It's the best of your best. And now you know in order to have this repentance or whatever, this atonement, you need to get that from wherever you live to that temple on that certain day. And now it's work, 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 work. But now you're like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. Right. Like if I just get there, they'll have one for me. Like we do that spiritually all the time. And, and he, was, he was moved to a righteous anger and cloaked in the zeal of God and he went in there and he flipped tables and then he went back out. He fashioned a whip and he came back in and he set everybody straight because he loved people too much than to see him just try and get the easy way. Mm -hmm. Like it's it, nothing, nothing easy has ever uh, got longevity. Right. The people that stood around and watched him call Lazarus forth from the dead, um, they weren't there. You know, not all of them were, were there when, when he was crucified. But the moment they seen that dead raised, they were probably really excited and thought, this is the one. Mm -hmm. You know, but it wasn't, the miracle wasn't enough to give them longevity in their faith. So w when we want to see somebody do well, and it's, it's similar to what our misery is, because you said your misery becomes your ministry. That mm -hmm. was the word George spoke over me. Yep. Um, that it's so important that in order to see people do well, we gotta we gotta take that thing that makes us miserable and find somebody that needs help that in that area and, and minister to them. Yeah, we no, we might not be there. We might not be successful yet. Yeah, we a lot of times when I have an issue in my life, God puts three people in in front of me that need it, and then He'll use me to minister to them, and I'll get healed through it. That's how he works. Yeah. So do I feel like I'm worthy of the call in some of those areas? No. Like, it's not up to my emotions. Mm -hmm. It's not up to what I feel today. Can I go back to Heidi's thing quick? Yeah. So it's interesting what you were talking about, how, like, at the end of 30 days, you're like, okay, now I'm talking about 30 cookies, right? right. So, like, humans by nature are hardwired to look for negative outcomes. Mm. Did you know that? No. And 
a lot of it is stemmed from the fact that in general, you learn more from negative experiences. Mm. So people are there like there's a predisposition in our human nature to look for a negative outcome. That's one of the reasons. But a lot of it is just that we're flawed. Right. Yeah. Because the sin in the flesh. Right. Um, but it's so interesting because it's it's so quick. Yeah. That we get there to to count up how in 30 days this would be the negative impact. But it's a lot harder for us to train ourselves. And again, this this would be a habit that mm-hmm. you have to develop yep. to say, what are the net benefits of me not doing this mm-hmm. for yeah. 30 days? Yeah, Isn't it funny? Because a lot of times when you talk to people, especially our age, and they're talking about turning their lives over to Christ, so often they're like, but what about my social life? What about yep. this? What about that? How can I... How can I go for the rest of my life and not do something right. specific? Right. You know, like how can I go the rest of my life and never go out with my friends again or whatever? Yeah. If they could just focus on at the end of a month mm-hmm. of cutting something out and that you know you're convicted on and is sinful mm-hmm. and rededicating that time and that effort and those funds or whatever to Christ, mm-hmm. what would what would the benefit be? Yeah. And so often people are unable or unwilling to just commit. Right. And to see at the end of 30 days, what would that actually look like? Yeah. yeah. What if, what if he, what if he takes you to a place of, of wilderness for mm-hmm. that 30 days or, or two years that was, that was consistent in the Bible. Two years they'd be in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden when you come back in, now you've you've gotten so close to Christ that you're you're not coming back into a social group without authority. Mm-hmm. So now you're no longer like just following. Right. But now you you've been given this gift of confidence through mm-hmm. what you've learned in God to now when when you when you come back into that social group, there's a respect there and authority. Yeah. Um, where where you can actually speak to the the situations in love. The mm-hmm. the wages of sin is death, and we don't want to see our friends die. You need to be saved and set free so that you can be a voice to them because you can't afford to to go into eternity. Or go to another funeral and stand there and think, I did nothing. I knew better. I and did And we're not nothing. talking about physical death because everybody I'm dies. talking about both. Well, yeah, right. But, but you know, people people can say, well, we're all going to die anyway. Might as well have fun doing it. Right. But To that I would love to just slap you. <laughs> to to <laughs> actually change your mindset to like, mm-hmm. people need me to be successful in my spiritual walk Mm -hmm. because God's called me to a purpose where he's already got people that he's prepared their lives and their hearts to have encounter with me because they're going to see him in me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're going to see what I'm capable of in him. Yeah. I'm capable of nothing without God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. We've already seen how my life went without God. Alcoholism, liver failure, a lot of burnt bridges, a lot of theft, a lot of anger, a lot of violence, 
all these things. And it's not always so dramatic. No. It could just be like God's called you out of loneliness. Mm-hmm. God's called you out of depression, out of anxiety, out of fear, yeah. out of um, complacency. You know, it's not everybody is going to be dying of something. Yeah. But are you just are you just existing? Because mm-hmm. he's called you out of that, too. Yeah. You know, I I actually just went through this on Saturday with the whole mindset thing that you're talking about. So mm-hmm. it's funny that you say that your brain automatically goes to the negative because normally I am a glass half full lady. Mm-hmm. Like if you contact me on any given day, I'm usually finding the silver lining in something like I'm like, it's going to be all right. God's going to use this. It's going to work out fine. I don't know. I just was in a funk on Saturday and I was like kind of having like, oh, this day is just going to be blech type of attitude. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was. <laughs> she, just, <laughs> she looked at me. <laughs> That's the response I bring out here after 20 years of marriage. Yeah. Almost 18. Yeah. It'll be 18 this yeah. year. But all of a sudden. That mindset thing. These are the questions that you can start to shift that negative response, mm-hmm. right? What if something incredible happens today? Honestly, there's just as good as a chance that something incredible yeah. happens. What if today is the greatest day of my life? Yeah. What if there is an unexpected surprise today? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, so I was reading this. Perhaps a wonderful opportunity or blessing lies ahead of me, one that will change my life for the better. Mm-hmm. Tell yourself that good things are ahead because positive expectation is like a warm afternoon, sun beaming through the window of your soul. You know, I see people tattoo things like that on themselves. Oh, yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about it. Yeah. So we got, we got in a tattoo conversation this weekend, Christina. Yeah. And I was noticing that the generation that are right now probably in their like what, like Early 20s. Early 20s. They're getting um, Bible verses all Bible over their bodies. And like Have you self, noticed that? Self-help um, phrases. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, like people, I feel like our age and older were very like, they had a theme, like there was cohesion in their tattoos. And now people are like, they have dis- like just individual tattoos all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But they, yes, they... Yeah, all the time. They want it to be meaningful and a part of their journey. Yeah. So interesting. It is interesting. This has been like a recurrent theme for me too. Um, Just like, and I also feel like there's been a, we've, over and over we've mentioned over the last, maybe casually mentioned, but over the last like three or four episodes, we've hinted at you have to be grateful everything that you do kind of starts with gratitude Mm -hmm. and i like i have a gratitude journal i got heidi one but she didn't develop that habit (laughs) um because if you start to write grocery list probably (laughs) so annoying um but if you develop that habit that's that's probably one of the best and most important habits that you could ever come up with is to sit down each day and list out three things that you're grateful for. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. And write it down. Yeah. I have like, because 
I have like an ongoing of things that I do every day that I keep track of. Like I've read my Bible uh-huh. every like a day checklist. for like 700 days. There you go. That's what your streak is at right now? Yeah. So... <sighs> What? Well, it, it's it's not it's not on that because yeah. there was like a day where I read a different Bible. Oh, and it broke your streak. Yeah, but I don't really care. I'm still keeping track. Yeah, but there's um, little things like that. Um, I have a streak of how many days it's been since I've eaten McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. Go. Yeah, and it's like it's right with my Bible. Oh, really? Yeah, because cool. when I gave up McDonald's, I picked up the Bible. When I gave. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> hey, I was spending like like a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars a week at McDonald's. Stop it! No, it was don't tell. It me. was unheard of. It's like a house payment, yeah. a mortgage so every month. What were you saying? Me? Yeah. Um, my my whole point is that with any of these things, whether you're plowing, whether you're planting, whether yeah. you're watering, any of that, it's really it's so easy to get caught up in the muck of it, mm-hmm. and it's so easy to get caught up in the like it's not mundane just like the task yeah Yeah. or that you're alone and and nobody else has ever done this and you get like but but so infrequently do we stop and look at look behind us and think whoa yeah like look look what you just trailed yes Mm -hmm. like I just did a whole field. Yeah. You know what I mean? C.S. Lewis. There's a quote that's attributed to him that says, isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different. Come yeah. on. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like that's that's the message. I mean, I, all of us, we get, we grow weary. Yeah. And like, it's a lot sometimes. Yeah. But- He's always there and he brings you through it. And then you're, you, you have to go through the steps to get taken, you know, from glory to glory. Yeah. But people just want to, they just want to get to the top. Yeah. Yes. They want to get to the top and just be there. You're not wearing jinkos anymore. (laughs) Lee pipes. You've come so far. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? You like, wore jinkos? We're, we're not the same. Of course I did. Everybody I was cool. Did. I didn't. Yeah, but that's because you were from up north. Oh. That was just probably not a <laughs> probably just not a, a trend up there in yeah. the early 2000s. Heidi and I could not have been more different when we were younger in terms of how we dressed. I was like the jinkos, like airwalks, yeah, Chuckies, chucks, airwalks, yeah. you know, yeah. that sort of thing. She yeah. was like Nike hiking boots, cross trainers. <laughs> Heidi? Yeah. Like docks. Boot cut and pants. Boot cut jeans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 